God in an inhospitable environment to truth. We take it for granted down here in the, the deep south. There's churches everywhere. You find Christians everywhere. Knock on a door. Everybody's a Christian. It ain't that way up in the northwest. But uh, this man of God uh, went to that town, went to that city, and he and his family, and they have raised up a tremendous and powerful apostolic church that loves truth and loves the ministry and any time this man is talking, I want to hear what he has to say because uh, wisdom just flows out from him. And just sitting around the table talking in conversation, I've, I've gleaned so much. And um, you're going to want to hear what this man preaches today. He's got a word from God for us. And uh, I, I intend to help the preacher. Amen. I know you're going to help the preacher. Why don't we welcome Pastor Davies. Elder, we're so glad you're here. We're going to help you preach. Let's welcome this man of God today. Well, praise the Lord, everyone. It's good to be in church on Saturday morning. We're grateful to the Lord for His many blessings. My... I'm always amazed by Brother Weeks. He is so articulate. And when he was testifying last night, I thought, now he needs to be the speaker here. And uh, what a great word. We heard in his testimony and how we have been blessed, how we have been blessed already <clears throat> being here last night. I needed that service. I needed a move of the Holy Ghost. I needed that prayer. Thank God. So, so wonderful. There's nothing you go through. There's nothing you face that getting into the presence of God can't fix. Just get me to church. Just get me into the presence of the Lord. Just get me into that atmosphere where I see things. I see things the way He sees them. And things get lined out and get straightened out. Praise God. What a tremendous message last night. Brother Lambeth brought to us. and It's absolutely where we're at today. And I uh, appreciate Him obeying the Holy Ghost and I want to say I'm looking forward to Brother Shoemake's word for us today appreciate this good man of God and known him and his family for many years and appreciate their love of truth praise God and I'll concur with Brother Weeks today to thank Brother Townley for this this great meeting I tell you this this would uh, not be possible where I am. Uh, there's just not that many apostolic men that would gather for a meeting like this. Not that many, period. But the ones we do have in our area, they love truth, they love worship, they love this Holy Ghost just like you do. One of these days there's going to be a grand reunion. When the roll is called up beyond there, how about you? Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank God. And so we're, we congratulate this pastor and this church for this excellent meeting. I'm sure that through these years that it has made the difference for many good men, saints of God in local churches. No doubt many pastors as well. To hear that certain sound. So many times we're on our own. We're in our own place. And we begin to think, am, am I the one that is off here? That's why we need one another. That's why we need fellowship. And we need to surround ourselves with good men. And we're reminded, no, you just, you just fight in the spirit of the age. Just keep on keeping on. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the name of the Lord. Thank God. Well, I believe the Lord can today. Um, When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God, as a preacher, I'm going to ask God some questions when I'll have plenty of time to get around to it. But one of them I want to ask him is, now nobody else, no other preacher maybe has this deal, but he's with me sometimes closer than is my comfort zone. But if I feel like that I'm going to preach what he wants me to say, then I do feel more comfortable than going ahead with what my plans are. I know that. Thank God. Great to be here. Great to feel the good presence of the Lord. I've got to get my clock out here. I um, I want to uh, bring you what I feel on my heart today is the Lord will help us. And uh, a little over 40 years ago, I went to a town, <clears throat> the city and the county never had a Jesus name Pentecostal church in it. Never. And I was 27 years old and I was telling somebody the other night, I said, I never, I never even thought about failure. I never even occurred to me that it wouldn't work. I just was raised with the opinion that if you set your mind to do something and you know God's will, you know God's plan, and you commit yourself to it. And I, I grew up in my formative years when men of God on the West Coast that had done something for God great that I admired, they said, if you just go to a town and stay and preach truth, if anything can happen, if God can do anything, it'll happen. That was my only hope <clears throat> because it certainly wasn't going to happen based on my ability or talent. <clears throat> and the Lord has, has helped us. We're grateful for all of his blessings. I want to talk to you tonight uh, about storms. And... Um, we had a little storm come through here last night. Some of you slept through the storm. <clears throat> Some of you got woke up by the storm. Some of you got wet in the storm. And I want to talk to you about that. If you turn your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17 beginning with verse number 7. Jeremiah 17. And verse 7, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when the heat cometh but her leaf shall shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked who can know it. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. And I want to especially draw your attention to the first part of verse eight, for he is he for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters. Praise the Lord. Thank God. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. God bless you. Why don't you turn to somebody and shake hands with them before you're seated? We need the Lord to come by this morning. Amen. God bless you. You can sit down. I uh, had an experience uh, recently. 
And I suppose, uh, like many preachers, when um, things happen in your life and on the journey of life, you um, it begins to preach to you. And we were the piece of property our church is located on. <clears throat> I bought a piece of property some years ago, and we've developed it in phases. And I kind of, in my mind, drew a master plan. We built buildings attached to each other uh, through the years. And uh, in, in our uh, area, in our part of the state, and in our city, and in our part of the city, uh, we have a number of oak trees. Now, <clears throat> the oak trees in Oregon probably are different than the oak trees in Louisiana. But um, <clears throat> these oak trees that we have predominantly are uh, the, the species of the white oak. <clears throat> they can grow quite tall. Um, hundred, hundred and thirty feet in height, and uh, they have almost a f spherical shape. They're almost as wide in many cases as they are tall. And uh, <clears throat> across the street from where our church is now, I bought the property. The road was uh, a gravel road, but I knew it was going to be developed and. Across the street, there is a large grove of these white oak trees. And through the years, they, somebody put a subdivision in there. In fact, uh, to support myself in starting a church and, and, uh, and all, my father was a home builder, and so I built homes and supported my family and at times supported the church, <clears throat> built homes in our town. And I built some homes in that subdivision across the street from the church in uh, the midst of these great oak trees. <clears throat> these trees uh, can, can live 300 years. So they're great trees. They're amazing trees, beautiful trees. And uh, we get to uh, deal with their leaves every fall. And uh, the wind seems to blow them all on the church property. Uh, <clears throat> but um, through the years, uh, when we bought our church property, I, it was before the subdivision went in across the street. And, and I actually talked to the, um, the uh, lady. She was quite elderly, but her family had owned all of that property at one time. <clears throat> and as a girl growing up, she had lived on a house in the midst of those oak trees across the street from the church. And, and uh, <clears throat> so I learned a little bit of history. Those trees had been there her whole life. She's been gone many, many years now. But um, one day recently, this, this fall, I don't know, uh, it's just a pattern, a weather pattern. Uh, 1996, we had a very, very... A wet winter, <clears throat> and um, and then uh, 2015 fall has been very very wet, lots of rain, and that's saying something when you're talking about Oregon. Um, <clears throat> so we had a wet winter this fall and uh, winter, and um, we had one of these huge old trees just on the other side of the road across the street from our church buildings that, uh, that fell down. It was so tall that it, it fell. It came across the sidewalk, the street, the sidewalk on the other side of the street, clear on to our church property, took down some power lines, some phone lines, whatever other kind of lines were on these poles, and uh, <clears throat> took out the power, um, stopped all the traffic, took a great deal of time for the power company and the city to deal with 
the damage and to deal with this huge mammoth tree. And uh, I got to thinking about it. It got to preaching to me. And I got to thinking about how these, these trees, in many places in the Bible, I've read number, a number of them just in preparation for this, that, that uh, the Scripture likens a man to a tree. And there are some similarities and there are some illustrations in all of that. And it talks to us. I think about, um, I think about these, um, these great trees. They represent, they represent men that I've known. They represent all of us here today. Could represent me. And, uh, <clears throat> And so I want to learn from them, and I want to learn from and help you today. I feel the Lord wants to talk to all of us today about this, uh, this tree. Why did it fall down? What happened to it? It wasn't the first storm that it had ever seen or gone through in its long life, but, um, but this one took it out. I think about storms that we read about in the Bible, some major storms that affected the world. My mind went to the storm that happened when God told Noah and his family to get into the ark. They entered into the ark and immediately the fountains of the deep began to boil water. Clouds and rain began to come down on the earth. And perhaps the greatest of all storms. And this really was the judgment of God. Some storms come as the judgment of God. Some things you and I go through, storms of life, is God judging us. But I want to tell you, not every storm you go through is the judgment of God. And we cannot say that just because I'm going through a tough deal that I did something wrong. I messed up somewhere and God's judging me for it. But it can happen. It can be that way. It could be the judgment of God. We've got to, it's our responsibility to, when you go into a time of storm, that it's your personal responsibility as a man that's, Endeavoring to live for God and walk in His will to seek the face of God and say, God, uh, I'm willing to go through this storm. But I, I first of all want to search my own soul and see, God, is there something in me that brought this and precipitated this storm on my, on my life? Because, because if there's something I need to fix, you've got my attention. I want to take care of it, God. Praise the Lord. But not every storm is God's judgment. It was in Noah's day, judgment on the earth that had turned to wickedness. I read about another storm that is the complete opposite. And that is in the time of Elijah. When he came before the king and he told Ahab, it's not going to rain around here till I say it's going to rain. He got that king's attention and they all went out to Mount Carmel for the challenge. The God that answers by fire, let him be God. And after God came through and licked up that sacrifice and all of the the water and all of the spiritual lessons and all of that, the old prophet climbed up on the side of that mountain and, and started to pray, put his head between his knees and started to pray. He said, God, I need a storm. We need something going on here, God. We need you to come through kept sending that servant up the hill and said, do you see anything? He came back and said, no, I don't see a thing. He said, you keep going. I know God's got something. I'll tell you, some folks come to realize that some storms we go through turn out to be God's blessings. Some storms we go through turn out to be God saying, I'm just, I, I'm doing this to bless you. I look back over my life and I see things I've gone through. And when I was going through it, I might not have understood it. 
But when I look back on it, I said, that, that's not ju- God's judgment. That was God's blessing. He allowed me to go through that storm. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I think of another storm we read in the New Testament, this storm that came after we hear the lesson, the home builders, the wise and the foolish builders. The wise man built his house, dug down and built it on the rock. The foolish man built his on the sand. Same area, same effort in some respects. But it was what the foundation was that made the difference. Some storms, there's God testing. Praise the Lord. See what we're made of. See... You've invested your life in some things, but have you invested your life in things that are lasting? I'm telling you what, I've never been real impressed by people bragging about about how much money they make or how much they possess, what they've done and the positions they hold if they're not really where they need to be with God. I'll tell you the highest success if you hardly have any money in your wallet. The highest success you'll ever attain is to build on that rock. Say, God, oh God, I'm ready. I don't like the test, but I'm willing to go through a storm because I want to know if I'm built on the right foundation. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Storms. I think of the Apostle Paul went through a great storm and... He didn't want to go through it. He didn't, he didn't want to face that storm. He told them, he said, but you, you'd be better off just to stay in this harbor right here. You go out there, we're going to get in some trouble. We'd better stay right here. But they wouldn't listen to a preacher. They wouldn't listen to a man of God. They felt they knew better. They were the professionals. We're sailors. We know, we know this sea. We travel this sea. We know our business. You, you just stick your nose back in your Bible and have your Sunday school lesson. But when it comes to sailing, when it comes to the stuff we know about, you let us take care of it. And I'm just telling you, I'm telling you men here today, your man of God ought to be able to be involved in every aspect of your life. Praise God. I've had men that had more than I have, and they're smarter than I am. They've done a lot of great things in their lives, and they still come to me. Say, I just want to bounce this off you. I want a reality check here. I just want to see, you see something in this I don't see. You feel anything about this. Would they be capable of making their own decisions? Yes, and they probably would make a good one. But they've found a practice that has never failed them, and that's to include a man of God into their decisions, major decisions of their lives. Hallelujah. If they would have listened to Paul, they would not have got into the storm. But I'll tell you another thing about this storm is that the Apostle Paul shows us that sometimes you and I go through storms That's not of our making. It's somebody else in our world that caused us to end up where we were. Somebody else pulled us out into that stormy sea. We were connected. We were related to them. We were connected up some way with them. And we couldn't help it. It might have been a wayward family member. It might have been who knows what. But we ended up in a storm of their making. We knew better, but we were affected by their decisions. You know, even in those kinds of storms, the Lord will go with you. He'll help you. He'll protect you. He'll bring you through to victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the midst of that storm, the apostle Paul told him, said, now listen, I've heard from God. You wouldn't listen to me to keep us from getting in the storm, but now we're in it. God's given me the recipe for surviving this storm. 
you can make it through the storm. I want to tell some man here today. I want to tell some man of God here today. I want to tell you that if you face storms in your life, I want to tell you, you can survive the storm. You can make it. You don't have to fail. You don't have to fall. You can make it through the storm. Praise God. When they did what the apostle said to do, he said, if you just stay with the ship, just stay with the ship. I'm telling you that everybody's going to survive this. (laughs) I won't tell you today. There's lots of forces and lots of things and offenses and deals that can come up in our lives. And men are sometimes the most vulnerable. But you can't let anything keep church. You can't let anything drive you a wedge between you and getting to God's house. Oh, get me to the house of God. Get me to church. Get me where there's a move of the Holy Ghost. Let me come under the hammer of God's Word. I need it. We heard about it last night. But we need it week in and week out. Praise God. We've got to have it. Praise the Lord. You can sit down. Tell you, I, I just want to tell somebody today: you can make it. Sometimes we just we get into situations we wonder, will I make it through? But I'm telling you today, on the authority of God's word and by the power of the Holy Ghost, that you can survive any storm that circumstances may send your way if you'll just stay connected up with God, stay connected up with a man of God. You can survive the storm. Now, I know you folks in this part of the know a lot about storms. And I've only visited down here, never lived here. But we've had a few storms up our way. One of them is called the Columbus Day Storm. And you know that we don't have very many major storms like this. I wouldn't go clear back to 1962 to tell you about one. We, we have a lot of rain and we have some snow and some ice. Once in a while, we'll get a little heavy breeze blowing, maybe blow off a few shingles. That's about it. But in October, 12, 1962, there was known as, in our part of the world, as the Columbus Day storm. It was on Columbus Day. And I had attended school that day, rode home on the bus, and uh, me and some of my friends got off the bus to this heavy wind blowing. We thought it was a great, uh, a great deal. But we've I found out later that it was this storm was had winds um, up to about 180 miles an hour. It was known as an extratropical cyclone, very unusual in our part of the country. And these high and heavy winds blew trees down all over Washington. And Oregon, and some parts of Northern California, it was a, it was just a, 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 a terrific and horrific storm that came, and millions and millions of board feet of lumber was blown down. Uh, I grew up in the capital city of Oregon, Salem, and uh, my young years, and we. Uh, they had been, when they rebuilt the Capitol building before my time, they built a beautiful edifice and different uh, uh, countries of the world, they, they went to different countries of the world and brought back trees that were from all over the world and planted them all over the Capitol grounds. And many of them were flowering trees, beautiful trees, different sizes and shapes and and represented a lot of different parts of our world. The Columbus Day storm devastated it. I mean, they had to go down and 
they had to replant different kinds of trees, and uh, many of those are still to be found there. But those those old trees were gone long gone because of the storm. So I want to talk to you for just a little bit here about a couple of things that makes trees fall in a storm. I want to help somebody today. <clears throat> and <clears throat> there's, when you see a man fall, whatever he falls for, whatever cause that may, that may cause him to fall, whether it is a moral failure or <clears throat> he gets messed up in the doctrine, um, he gets uh, some sidetracked some way, carelessness, the cares of this life, whatever uh, cause that uh, would precipitate a man falling from the grace of God and leaving the presence of God and the house of God. I, I've, I did some research with the International Society of Arborists and they had they had a couple main points here that I want to give you I feel are applicable to our uh, ourselves as men spiritually what would cause us to fall what causes trees to fall in a storm number one is imbalance the number one reason why trees fall down is because they're out of balance. They get out of balance. Colossians chapter 2, beginning with verse number 6, the word of the Lord says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him. Notice, rooted, that's down, and built up in him. And established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him, in Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and I'll end with the first part of the next verse. And ye are complete in him. Praise God. I see balance in this passage of scripture. I see the importance of balance. That we are rooted down. That we've got a good root system. And we're built up. We've got balance in what people see. And know of us outwardly. And so, what is important with balance is that we understand it's not just balance above the ground, but it's balance beneath the ground. You've got to have balance in those areas that everybody sees, and you've got to have balance in those areas of a man's life that nobody sees. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And so, uh, this... this uh, this uh, research I did from this outfit that's supposed to know about trees, it was preaching to me. It said roots can be imbalanced because of obstructions beneath the surface. Nobody sees it. Nobody sees what's underneath there. There may be uh, rock formations. There may be certain things underneath the soil nobody sees. But those roots come there and they cannot penetrate that. They cannot seek that, that balance that would stabilize a great tree. This tree that, we're, uh, that we had fall across the street from our church was about 130 feet in height. And, uh, and it was about 165 years old, which half of the possibility that it could have had for a life. If we're talking about white oak trees, we're talking about a life that was cut short. Because of a storm. This imbalance problem is, is, 
is uh, this this uh, obstruction beneath the soil is known uh, technically as mechanical resistance. We can have in our life certain things beneath the soil that resist our finding balance. I think about this tree. I I I know a little bit about the history of this tree because we've been in the neighborhood a while. And I know that some of these great trees in this subdivision, their roots were cut off so that homes could be built nearby. Some of the homes actually wanted to take advantage of these beautiful old stately trees uh, and they would modify their plans so that they could jog the roof or the foundation around the tree, but it was still very close, and there were roots that were damaged and affected by the construction. On the other side, uh, uh, between these trees and the church, there was a, a, a main street put down through there. There was, there was uh, a lot of excavation. There was ditches dug it was dug way down into that clay soil so that they could put fabric down and they could put rock down and compact the rock and and uh, curbing was put in and sidewalks were put in and and uh, uh, underground uh, utilities in some some cases all of these things seemed to allow the tree to go unscathed but there were things under the surface that nobody saw. There were things going on behind that nobody could see. But it affected the balance of this tree. Not only does the root system have to be in balance, but the limb structure has to, has to stay in balance. Limb structure of a tree can get out of balance because of being too close to a structure or other trees. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but uh, you can plant some trees next to structure or or another other other foliage and and the tree will grow one way looking for sun looking for room to grow and over here it's all stunted and and uh, the limbs don't develop and they don't reach and so you've got an imbalance here i've found in working with men through the years working with people through the years that if we're not careful the things of our life can come our way and become a a mechanical uh, 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 resistant uh, uh, element in our lives, cause us to develop through the years, and we can be out of balance. You can go to church, you can be in church for a number of years, and 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 there's certain things out of balance in your life, and you learn how to. You learn how to compensate for it. You learn how to deal with it. You learn how to come to church and work your job and help out around the church and do what you can do. And you learn how to, to compensate and deal with some areas of your life, either either subterranean or others see it. Your family sees it or your pastor sees it, but it's out of balance. And the Holy Ghost has dealt with you about it, but it just has seemed to be inconvenient and you seem to be unable to, to bring things into the proper balance that they need to be in. But I'm warning you today, if I'm talking to somebody in those circumstances, that it's just a matter of time before a certain storm and a certain perfect setup will come your way. And unbeknownst to everybody else, it just looked, you look like all the other trees in your church. You look very solid and stable and you've been there for some time. You looked good. You, all the outward evidence. But I'm telling you, if you allow your life to go on out of balance, it's going to catch up with you somewhere along this journey. And it usually catches up with us when we come into a time of storm and we don't know how to deal with it. I don't know how to handle it. And people shake their head and say, man, I, I thought he was a pillar in the church. I thought he was stable. I thought, I thought everything was okay. And some get disillusioned and some struggle with it. And some say, I lost my best friend or I lost the family member that I love. But you're the only one that can do anything about that balance problem. Your preacher can't fix it for you. Your neighbor, your family can't help it for you. You've got to be the one that says, I've got to get my life into balance and to get right with God where I need to be with God. 
Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember, I remember this particular tree. I, 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 it was one of those deals. Many of you have been there. We drive this street. I live off of this street. And the church, I drive a half a mile to church. And, and we see this tree. It's just, you know, you don't, you don't hardly notice it. It's just one of many. But I, I noticed I'd never said anything to anybody. But the last few days, all this heavy rain and this wind, I'd noticed this tree seemed to be leaning a little more than I had ever noticed it. Seemed a little odd, just kind of in my mind. I didn't even say anything. My wife was riding with me. I thought, boy, that, that thing's got an angle to it there. And I didn't say anything until it fell down. I think many of us have been in that situation. We saw some things in somebody. I saw them there kind of leaning here. I saw them leaning in a direction. I, some things they talked about, some things I knew was going on, and it was a leaning. They hadn't fallen yet, but it was a leaning. I noticed it, but I didn't really take it to heart until they fell. And I'm telling you, I, I, I want to say this. I want to challenge you men today. I want to challenge you. First of all, if somebody comes to you and says, I think I see you leaning in a direction you didn't used to lean, to purpose in your heart, you'll receive them. Say, say there may be something I could do. Pray for me, brother. Help me. I don't want to fall. Hallelujah. And I want to encourage somebody else to don't just notice it and not say anything about it. You know, we talk about witnessing, soul winning. We think, well, we don't want to offend somebody. We don't, you know, I don't want to make somebody mad. But I'll tell you, when you really, when you really realize in soul winning, eternity and the value of a soul you think would I rather offend them take a chance on offending somebody to tell them the truth or then just go ahead and be lost and never have the opportunity to hear it I tell you it's the same way when it comes to a brother in the church well to be willing to step up and say brother and, and have a good spirit pray it through in your spirit before you go to them but go to them with tears and say I, I just feel like we need to bind together in prayer about something here. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. You may know something your pastor doesn't know about a brother in the church. I'll tell you, you don't need to just be running to the pastor about every little deal. But I'll tell you, if you're concerned about something, you'd be better off to talk to the man of God about it and, and, and him be aware of it. He may or may not be aware of it. But it'd be better that you pretension then to just say, well, I noticed he was going that way and I didn't want to, I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to be a trouble. I didn't want to be a problem. I'll tell you what, we've got to, we've got to help one another make it to heaven. We're, gonna, we're too close to the coming of the Lord. We can't not go through life and come close to the end being lost. Praise God. Symmetrical balance is the shape that will help us to keep from falling. Your roots, what's beneath, what nobody sees, and what's above the ground that everybody sees. We need to keep it in balance. Praise God. The second thing that this International Society of Arborists said about trees that fall down is that... Most trees, I was surprised to find this out, but most trees, they said, most trees these days have a shallow root system. They don't have a, a great root system. Matthew chapter 13, verses 20 and 21 Reads, but he 
that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word and and on or at once with joy he receives it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth, or he lasts for a while. For when tribulation or persecution, a storm ariseth, because of the word, by and by, he is offended. <clears throat> this this, this, uh, this uh, Arbor Society said 95% of, roof, of root structures is typically, the 95% of the root system typically is 12 inches below the soil. So they've got a lot of roots that are small that stay close to the surface to get moisture. And the uh, uh, this is especially true, they said, in cultivated or watered landscape. So you've got, you've got uh, out our way, I suppose you do here, we, we put in sprinkling systems in our yards. And so yeah, it's on a timer and it comes on preferably early in the morning. You get up, the lawn's watered. You're not dragging hoses and so on. And uh, those trees learn. I don't have to dig down. I can just stay close to the surface, get all the moisture I need. I can be up there hanging out with the grass. <laughs> And I've got a I've got a tree in my yard that's got some big old roots going out. And when the lawn is mowed, they keep shaving off just a little microscopic top off some of those roots that have come up above the grass. And the only way I could fix that is to take the tree out, replant another tree, and probably do the same thing. It is, it is in cultivated or watered landscape that the, the, the root system does not go very deep. Very few roots go below six feet on most trees, they said. And very few trees develop tap roots. I was surprised to read, they said... It, Young trees, when you first plant a tree or it's a seed starts growing in the natural, that they develop a taproot. But what can happen after five or six years is the taproot uh, uh, does not continue to develop, that more surface roots develop. And that can become a danger in a time of storm or a time of drought or a time of hardship. You've got to have some roots that go down. Praise God. Praise God. They've got to develop deep. We need to develop some deep roots. Thank God. Some deep roots. You know, we live in a... You can go to church. Oh, Lord, help me. I. But, you know, apostolic Pentecost and the day and age we're living in, you can go to church and... and and I, I just want to help somebody today. We can go to church and we hear some of the best preaching anywhere, anytime. And I know that these men do their best preaching when they're preaching in their home pulpits. And saints of God are nourished. We've got good music. We, we've got good worship. I'm telling you what, we've got worship like like. I never had when I was growing up. Of course, I grew up in a part of the country that was not known for it, but being from Oregon. But, uh, but I'll tell you what, we've overcome that. We have high worship. Praise God. Thank God. Thank God. And I, I thank God for the worshipers. I'm, I thank God for not, not just women that shout and run the aisles, but I thank God for men that know how to shout and know how to leap for joy and know how to dance in the Holy Ghost and run those aisles and 
get behind a preacher and stand up and amen that preacher when he's preaching. I thank God for all of that. I don't take that for granted. I thank God for it. Hallelujah. Thank God. I, 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 I don't want dead church. Can't stand dead church. But I'm just telling you, you can go, you can be a man, go to a church like that, a good church. If you're not careful, boy, I'm telling you, it's so, the, the nourishment and the spiritual help is so prevalent that you don't have to, you don't, you, you know, you can go on for a while going to church. Good singing, good worship. You may be, you may be down in the dumps, but you can come in and somebody else will carry it along. You didn't pray it down. You, you're not out there shouting and, and you, but you, you, you get bowed up by everybody else's, everybody else's prayer and everybody else's worship and the anointing of the preaching and the music and all of that. And I'm telling you what'll happen to us is we'll have very shallow roots. You have to go to the church when there's nobody else there and find you a corner somewhere. You stick your head down in that carpet and you pray and pray. Until you pray through yourself, you get through me, you get through beyond your flesh, your comfort zone. Then you kind of tap into the Spirit of God and you start to make that connection. That's not the time to look at your watch and say, well, i got to go home now. It's time. You just made the connection now. It's time to stay in there and get some work done in the Holy Ghost and get those roots going down in God. Hallelujah. That's what's going to keep you when the winds of the storm are blowing on your life. Hallelujah. Got to have a root system. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what, this prayer... It's so essential. It's so important. We've just got to have it. We can't make it without it. Can't make it without it. In, in, in our churches, we, you know, we can coast along. We can cruise along. We can just kind of come in and, and we slip in just before the lights come up and, and we, we can slip in there. Man, we have good church. But I'm telling you what, when the wind gets to blowing, when the storms of life, you got a family problem that comes up. You lose your job and you can't find another one. You wonder how you're going to pay your bills. You get so frustrated with situations. You get frustrated with yourself and then you get frustrated with God. And you don't have the tap roots that will carry you through those times. I'm telling you what, those are the people that fall in the storm. Help us, Jesus. The last thing that they said about these trees in storm is that in order, this seems so basic, but I think it's got a good lesson for us. It says in order for a tree to not fall down, the roots have to grab the soil. They have to grab the soil. Ephesians chapter 3, beginning with verse 4. Ephesians 3 and 14, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole body, the whole family rather, in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be with might by his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. Praise the Lord. Praise God. The two greatest factors here that a tree has to grab the soil, why some trees seem to get a hold of the soil and hold on through storms and others don't is number one is the tree species. The characteristic of certain types of trees. Now I want to tell you that you might have come from a family that was wishy-washy. That was in and out of church or went from this church to this church to this church. And 
you might have come from a family that it was not uncommon for someone in the family to backslide. And all that tells me, as a pastor for many years, I believe there's hope for anybody. (laughs) I'll tell you, there's hope for anybody. You take somebody that's come from a bad background, but if they they can overcome that, they're just going to have to work at it. You got to realize this is this is my 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 family has a weakness in this area here, and my my father had problems with preachers. Uh, he could never come under submission to a to a man of God, and you know that is something that men have to conquer. I was talking to, I was talking to uh, a Brother Townley's father and his uncle, I believe it was, in the, this morning. And they said some really awesome things, good men of God. They were talking about how, they're talking about that their parents had taught them submission to a man of God. Praise God. I'm telling you what, if you had parents that taught you submission to authority, you ought to thank God every day. Because that's where we learn it. That's the easiest place to learn it, is in the home. The easiest place to learn it is not to be a rebel and then come to church and a pastor has to teach it to you. Because you're going to butt heads with that guy and hopefully he's like Brother Lambeth said, he's got a much harder head than you have. But it's going to test you. It's going to try you. And I've seen some that have been raised and they just, they didn't know the meaning of the word submission. And they go to church for a while and eventually they fall by the wayside because they just couldn't get it. They couldn't get it. It was a a characteristic of their species (laughs) that they could not grip the soil. They couldn't get their hand on this thing. And I'm telling you, if you don't learn submission, you can't live for God. You know, you're going, you're not going to make it if you don't learn submission. Obey them to have the rule of you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls. Hallelujah. Praise God. And you know, I was, we were talking about it this morning and I said, you know what some men don't ever get is that that is not a challenge to their manhood. That, that does not decrease their, their strength or their manliness to be able to submit themselves to a, to a watchman. Praise God. But for, really what it does, it, 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 it gives, makes them an example for their children to say, Whoo, look at my dad. Thank God. He, he, has a, he understands authority in the church. And I believe it helps and put something in them that they will respect the authority in the home. And it'll make it easier on a pastor somewhere in their future. When they understand authority in the home, they'll understand the beauty of the authority structure in the church. Praise God. It's not an ego trip for a pastor. It's just God's way. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so to grip the soil, sometimes we have got to overcome the characteristics of the particular species that we may be. Say, well, I... My family just was never good at this type of thing. But you can get good. You can set a new course. Your sons and daughters can follow it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The second thing is the soil conditions. My, I I think about the reason why some root systems have a hard time getting a hold of that soil is because of the soil, the conditions of the soil. But if there's anything I've found is that the soil, if that tree is determined to grow, the soil conditions won't stop it from growing. You think, well, the soil conditions are going to be better over here, some other church in some other state somewhere. We were talking about riding horses this morning. I've ridden horses in some remote areas, and I've seen rocks with cracks in them. And a fir tree growing out of that crack in the rock. 
I'm telling you, if a tree can somehow grow out of a rock, you can grow where God has placed you. Praise God. You can grow and you can maintain and live for God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. I'm just about through. Give me just a couple more minutes here. I want to tell you about this this oak tree, kind of give you a perspective. Because, you know, you go through things, storms come your way. You think, well, I I don't know if I'm going to make it. It should never be a doubt in your mind that you're going to make it through this storm. You're already looking on the other side of the storm. You can't see sunshine. You can't see cloudless days. You can't see days where the wind isn't blowing. But in your mind, you know they're waiting for you. If you just stay on track and just keep holding on and keep loving God and stay in church, praise God. Praise God. So this this oak tree, I, I went and I counted the rings on it. To, I didn't count all of them, but I estimated <clears throat> get pretty close. I didn't have enough time to sit down and count all of them. <clears throat> I estimated this tree started growing and was a seedling in 1850. That's a long time ago by anybody's standards. 1850, this seedling began to grow. In 1850, Mexico had just recently become a republic independent from Spain, uh, Spain rather. Victoria had just a couple of years before becoming queen of Great Britain when this tree was just a seedling. Louisiana had become a state only 38 years prior to this oak tree that blew down in the storm. Louisiana had been a state for 38 years when this seedling sprouted. Texas had been a state for only five years when this oak tree across the street from our church began to grow. California gold rush had begun when this tree began to grow. When this tree was approximately five feet tall, work had begun on the Suez Canal. When the tree was about seven feet tall, Oregon became a state, the 33rd state in the Union. When this oak tree that blew down at a height of about 130 feet tall, when it was about 11 feet high, President Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. When this tree grew to a height of 25 feet, General George Custer and 264 of his troops were killed at Little Bighorn. And Alexander Graham Bell had uh, uh, patented the telephone. Around the same time, Thomas Edison invented the electric light. When this tree that blew down in a storm just recently across the street from our church, when it was taller than our church that had not, of course, been built at this time, but when it was, when it was some 40 feet in height, Orville and Wilbur Wright flew their powered airplane at Kitty Hawk. The Manchu dynasty of China fell, and it continued to grow, and it survived. Intermixed with those world events were storms. There were winter storms. There were heavy rains. There were winds that battered it, and it swayed but it had sufficient root system and it gripped that soil and it had balance and it survived all of those storms. It grew when World War I was being fought and the stock market crashed. It continued to grow despite the Great Depression. This tree continued to grow 
and fight the storms that each year would bring it during World War II. And 70 years ago, when the United States dropped an atomic bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Japan, this tree was still growing. It grew and continued, and it survived the 1962 Columbus Day storm with winds reaching up close to 180 miles an hour. That's amazing. That's a big storm, but it made it through. This oak tree had lived for around 125 years plus when a Jesus-named Pentecostal church was started in the city. As a 27-year-old man, my wife and our 13-month-old baby boy came to town to start a church. That tree was growing. I didn't even know it existed, and it already lasted so long. It weathered so many storms. I'm just telling somebody here today, I'm just telling you if you make up your mind, you can survive the storm. You can go through anything. Hallelujah. You can go through any circumstance. Hallelujah. Surviving the storms of life, whatever. I don't know what's going to come your way, but I, I can tell you this. If the Lord doesn't come real soon, there's, there's a number of us in this room that if you're not currently going through some storm in your life, you'll be facing one ahead. It's just life. But God's going to help us to make it through. Hallelujah. Through these perilous times, we can make it through. When people are falling into false doctrine and going sideways and doing crazy and stupid stuff and, 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 and churches and preachers, if you'll pardon me, that used to be numbered with us, they don't even look like us anymore. I'm telling you, you can survive the storm of apostasy and falling away. You don't have to fall away from this truth. Hallelujah. 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 I want to tell somebody tonight that the devil may have a plan for you in year 5 and 10 and year 20. And he may have a plan for your destruction uh, that you'll fall in a storm coming your way in your 25 of living for God. And I've had the Holy Ghost 30 years. I tell you, I've learned anything. If I've learned anything as I've gotten older, it has been that the storms don't quit coming. And the devil never gives up. But the good news is that Jesus won't give up easy on you either. He'll be there through every storm. You may say to the hold of the ship, Master, don't you care that we perish? He'll just come up and say, You just need more faith. This ship isn't going down. I'm on board. I'm in here for the long haul. I'm going to go through it with you. Praise God. Oh, let's lift our hands and give God some praise. I want to tell some men here this morning, you can make it through and survive the storms that this life will bring us. Can we worship the Lord? Let's lift Him up here. Praise the Lord. In fact, why don't you reach over and connect with a brother right now. Reach over and pray with somebody nearby and say, God, help him. I don't know what he's going through. I don't know what he's facing. But God, I know you've got everything we need to make it through this storm, to make it through life, to get to the other side with victory, triumphant. Oh, oh, oh let's call on the name of Jesus.